0: Welcome to the Healing Embodied podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Healing Embodied podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton. And today I'm covering the number one most frequently asked questions that we at Healing Embodied get. And that question is, how do I know if it's anxiety or intuition? This was also a question that plagued me when I was experiencing relationship anxiety, because there's this common phrase out there that says, you know, trust your gut and that your gut or whatever you feel in your gut is your intuition speaking. And for me, whenever I experienced anxiety, I always felt this uncomfortable dropping nauseous sensation in my gut. So I was like, Oh my God, is that my intuition? Is that my gut telling me something? And maybe you've even expressed your anxiety, your fears, your doubts about your relationship to friends or family, or even a therapist. And they've said something like, maybe that's just your gut or trust your gut. And here's the thing. I think the advice, trust your gut is incredibly helpful in a lot of contexts, in a lot of situations, in a situation where you feel unsafe, um, but maybe... Like say in the context of an unsafe relationship, maybe that person is trying to convince you to stay or convince you that they're going to you know work on their issues and they never do. And your gut is like, this relationship doesn't feel good. This relationship's hurting me. This relationship is making me feel like shit about myself. In that context, trust your gut is really, really helpful. Or maybe you're going after a dream of yours. And it feels really risky and it feels like scary and your anxiety is coming up around taking the risk and trusting your gut in that situation would be helpful if you're, if you have a dream or a passion or a desire, you know, that's, that's what we want to follow versus, you know, the fear. So I understand that this advice is really helpful in a lot of contexts, and I don't want to discount that advice or say that it's always bad. but that advice, trust your gut is extremely disempowering in several contexts. And I want to break those contexts down. I want to give more nuance because when we see this phrase, trust your gut or just trust your intuition, when we see it online or someone just colloquially says it, there's often not any context or nuance to it. So I want to to talk about the nuance that we often don't see online or on social media. Because the truth is, is that advice is not one size fits all. Advice does not apply to every single situation. So I want to talk about the situations or the context in which this advice doesn't really fit. So I first want to put my science glasses on and talk about something called faulty neuroception. This is the first context, the first piece of nuance we really need to look at when we're talking about the phrase trust your gut or trust your intuition. So neuroception is an automatic and unconscious process of our nervous system that automatically assesses and detects is something safe or unsafe? Is this person safe or unsafe? Is this situation safe or unsafe? Again, this is happening often automatically immediately without our conscious awareness or our conscious input and we get this kind of feeling in our body through neuroception if something is safe or unsafe and this is a brilliant survival mechanism that has gotten the human race to where we are today it says oh you know i hear rustling in the bushes that might be a tiger coming out to to lunge at me my neuroception is saying this is unsafe i need to find safety right? But what happens for a lot of people, for a lot of different reasons, trauma, chronic stress, anxiety, is that we have something called faulty neuroception. And this is where the nervous system detects unsafe situations as safe or safe situations as unsafe. This is why you might see someone who is in an abusive relationship and stays in it because their nervous system has learned oh this is familiar and therefore it's safe because it's predictable so it feels almost more safe to be in an abusive or hurtful situation because that's what my nervous system was used to due to trauma and the people that we work with and the the context of relationship anxiety that we speak to is often the other side of that faulty neuroception which is is assessing um safe people and safe relationships as unsafe. So this is what my nervous system did in my relationship. I was in a safe relationship. Matt was available. There was reciprocity. Matt showed up for the relationship. He was supportive. He was loving. He was caring. He was present. And yet my nervous system felt so unsafe. It kept detecting my partner in this relationship as unsafe even though in reality it was safe my nervous system I had faulty neuroception going on because of some of the things I had experienced some of the pain of the past so even though I was in a safe relationship my nervous system was detecting it as unsafe so if I were to have just trusted my gut which I did a couple times in that situation I trusted that feeling in my gut meaning I interpreted it as meaning it was true and accurate and I did break up with him twice in the first year of our relationship because I was like oh my god this is my gut I feel something in my gut and every time I feel this thing in my gut my brain is saying oh my god what if what if this is the wrong relationship what if something bad happens and so I was like oh my god that's obviously my intuition because that's what the internet says obviously and so I took that at face value and I broke up with with Matt several times, but as I learned more about my nervous system and more about my, my, the pain I was holding my body, I learned, oh my God, actually this relationship is really safe. And my nervous system keeps firing off these false alarms. And that kind of leads me into the the second context or nuance that I want to go into. And that is past trauma and past pain can cause us to be disproportionately hypervigilant, meaning we're always looking for the danger. We're always looking for something that is wrong. It's, we have this heightened sense of alertness. It goes beyond just being aware and present. It's like this heightened sense of alertness in our brain because of the things that we had experienced in the past, because of the pain of the past, we are looking to see if we're gonna experience that pain again in the present or in the future because our bodies hold these subconscious memories of the pain and the trauma of the past and are constantly trying to make associations, like anything that could be somewhat remotely similar or somewhat of a reminder of the past pain, our brain, the traumatized brain, the anxious brain automatically makes that connection and says, oh my gosh, uh, this this is reminding me of what I experienced in the past, even if it's not dangerous. Um, so something, For example, I experienced in a relationship in the past, which ended, was I experienced doubt. And the thing is that that doubt was actually, it wasn't even really doubt. It was me actually picking up on the fact that that my ex was being dishonest with me and hiding things, hiding very important things from me. And I was picking up on that and I experienced that as doubt. Oh, I was doubting the relationship. But really, I was picking up on his dishonesty. And so when I was in this relationship with my now husband, with the person who was honest, and I really felt, I, I feel that he's being honest with me. I feel that he's fully here with me, and, but I experienced doubt. Like, oh my gosh, is this right? Are we going to last? I associated immediately. Oh my God. Well, I experienced doubt in my past relationship and I'm experiencing doubt now. That must mean there's something wrong. There must mean there's a danger here. And I kept looking for the danger But there was no danger in this relationship like there was in my past relationship. So because I experienced that pain and that betrayal and that hurt in a past relationship, my mind was always subconsciously trying to draw similarities in my present relationship. And this leads me into the third piece of nuance and context that I want to talk about. And it's that our first emotional reaction isn't always the most accurate our emotional responses to things are influenced by so many factors are influenced by beliefs that things were taught by past experiences so even though my first emotional reaction often in my relationship was oh my gosh oh my gosh there's something wrong something wrong that wasn't actually an accurate assessment of my present moment situation so i had to learn to become curious about my emotional reactions And in a weird way, like not trust the very first hypervigilant, you know, automatic reaction. I had to learn to become curious and ask myself, okay, what's this really about? What's this feeling in my gut really about? Is it an accurate assessment of my present day experience? Or is this reaction influenced by lots of other things that don't really have anything to do with my here and now experience. So being able to accurately assess and really trust our body's cues, we have to learn viscerally in our bodies how to feel safe again. If we're kind of living in hypervigilance, in chronic anxiety, if we're living uh, in unprocessed trauma, it's gonna feel really, really difficult. To make that distinction between is this my anxiety and my trauma and my programming or is this my intuition is this an accurate assessment of what I'm experiencing so we have to viscerally learn how to feel safe again we have to process the pain in the past so we can kind of recalibrate our neuroception and be able to to use our discernment and to trust our discernment and to trust okay I trust that my body now knows. What is safe and what is unsafe? I trust now in in my decisions. I trust that okay, if I feel like something is supportive to me, I trust that. If I feel like something is hurting me, I trust that. And that's not something we can learn from an Instagram post. That's not something we learn from a sixty second TikTok or Instagram reel. This is through consistent embodied practice of learning to feel in our bodies and reconnect with the cues of our bodies. It's going to feel so difficult to try to cognitively differentiate between anxiety and intuition if your baseline in your body is distrust in yourself and fear and hypervigilance. And because it's such a process to learn that in your body, it's not an it, it doesn't happen overnight, okay? So just get that expectation out of your head of like okay, I'm going to do one thing and I'm now going to be able to like accurately assess in my body what's what's safe and what's not safe. Because I know it is a process. It took me years, right? It took me years of intentional work in my body because I know it's not an overnight process. I do want to give some indications of when we are in a state of anxiety. Cause I know that when you're in it, it feels so confusing. It feels so hard to differentiate between the two and you feel just totally lost. I remember feeling so totally. Totally lost. And I I just felt so fused with the anxiety that it was hard to see it clearly. It was hard to see my mind clearly. So I do want to give you some things that you can use in the moment to start that discerning process. As you're, you know, going to embark on this journey with your body, which is a non-negotiable, right? We can't do this through our mind, it's through our body. As you're embarking on that process, I want to give you some other things to support you in being able to cultivate that discernment. So here are some things to look out for when feeling confused about is this anxiety or is this intuition. First, keep an eye out for a sense of urgency and catastrophic thinking. Anxiety makes you believe that you have to figure this out right now, right now, right now, right now. Or else if you don't figure it out, oh my God, something bad is going to happen. You're going to be a terrible person. Your life's going to end. Oh my gosh. Like you're going to be 10 years down the road and and be getting divorced. Like it's going to go into catastrophe and it's, it's making you believe you have to figure this out right now. And here's the thing. If you're not in a life or death situation, if you're not in an immediate present moment threat that you have to act on, but your mind is making it seem like it's life or death, then anxiety is likely at play. If your anxiety is making you think 10 years down the road, if it's bringing you there, but it's making you feel like you have to figure it out now, anxiety is likely at play. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing to look out for and be aware of is the fact that anxiety is based in the past or the future. It's not really based in the present moment. So your mind takes you somewhere else. It's either ruminating or hyper focus on the past did I do that right? did you know did our relationship start the right way or like oh my gosh what you know do, ruminating and fixating on the past or it brings you in the future like I said 10 years in the future, oh my gosh, what if this and this and this and this and this So anxiety takes you away from the reality of the present moment. And if you're noticing that your mind is anywhere but right here, then anxiety is likely at play. The third thing to look out for and be aware of is that anxiety makes you feel powerless, unworthy, confused, and helpless. There's a phrase, I don't know who says it, I've even looked it up. It says, anxiety underestimates, overestimates risk and underestimates your ability to cope. So if there are undertones of shame, self-criticism, judgment, disempowerment, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to handle this. If if something bad happens, I'm not going to be able to handle it. Or I'm going to be a terrible person. Or if if I make a mistake, I'm going to be so unworthy. Then, If you feel that way, then anxiety is at play here. And this ties into the fourth thing to look out for and be aware of. Again, anxiety is going to underestimate and totally forget in your resiliency. It's going to totally forget all the times that you faced something hard and got through it. And it's going to say, this time, this is the time that you're not going to be able to figure out. This is the time you're not going to be able to handle it. And it makes a mountain out of a molehill and tells you that you couldn't handle things if things didn't go the way you had hoped. It totally negates your resilience as a human being. And the final thing to look out for and be aware of is that anxiety is not focused on growth. It's focused on staying protected and in the familiar. It will often revert to like old survival patterns from childhood, hiding, being small, needing certainty and control. And it clings to the familiar and demands that certainty. Anxiety isn't interested in expanding beyond your comfort zone or taking a a positive risk in life or going after your dreams or putting your heart out there. Anxiety is not interested in that. Anxiety is like, we've got to stay safe, small. We have to avoid risk at all possibility. Oh my goodness. Like I, I can't leave my comfort zone. I have to have control. I have to have certainty. So if, that is going on in your mind. Anxiety is at play. But again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, a podcast, a social media post, an Instagram reel, whatever cannot tell you what's right for you. It cannot tell you only what you and your body can can come up with together. Nothing can replace that deep, inner work of cultivating a relationship with yourself with your body with the parts of you who are afraid nothing can replace that no one can do that for you that inner work that curiosity toward yourself towards your fears is required in order to be able to discern and to trust your body and to trust your wisdom and to be able to reclaim access to your intuition and reclaim that trust in your intuition and here's the the absolute crazy paradoxical part that i experienced as a result of of doing this work for myself is that once you do that work with your body being able to trust yourself feel safe when it's safe and and feel you know appropriate fear when there's actually a threat once you do that work you no longer even need to ask the question, is it anxiety or intuition? I don't remember the last time I hemmed and hawed over, oh my God, wait, is this my intuition or is this my anxiety? Is it my intuition or is this my anxiety? I don't ask that question anymore because again, I've cultivated such a such a deep connected relationship with my body. And and this just deepened ability to trust myself to where that that confusion doesn't like overtake me. there's there's so much more of this confidence in my ability to discern. And it also required me to get everyone else's voices out of my head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I had to be able to come home to what is my voice? What does my intuition sound like? And what is the projections and expectations and judgments that I've internalized so much that I have lost access to my own voice? So I had to really learn to reclaim my own voice, reclaim my own wisdom, and to not get other people's projections and expectations confused with my own inner voice. That way, I'm actually trusting myself and not constantly outsourcing my wisdom to other people and outsourcing my decisions to other people. That way, I'm not looking through Instagram to tell me what to do. I'm not looking for someone else to tell me, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, tell me what to do. I really had to learn to reclaim my own voice and cultivate that ability to trust myself, and to trust in my body, which. Allowed me to trust in my relationship and to trust in my choice to be in my relationship. So, if you want to start embarking on that process of reclaiming your voice, reclaiming your intuition, working with your body to begin to separate the voice of anxiety and shame from your own inner wisdom, then I've got some resources, um, low cost resources that are going to help you move toward this. And I've linked it in the show notes. So check it out and get started. Take action on cultivating that discernment, reclaiming your inner voice, connecting with your body so that you don't even have to ask the question, is anxiety or intuition in the first place? Sending you so much love and I can't wait to chat with you next time.